To start us off, so that we're not jumping into the terribly saddening bits, I'd like to preface this topic with a snippet of a song I'm sure many of you may know. It's called Hope You're Okay by Olivia Rodrigo. It's a ballad written toward an old friend with what seems to be a tough childhood, and Olivia says that she hopes that they're okay and have healed their emotional and even physical wounds. She says, My middle school friend grew up alone. She raised her brothers on her own. Her parents hated who she loved. She couldn't wait to go to college. She was tired because she was brought into a world where family was merely blood. The lit- little girl who Olivia is remembering is part of the more than two-thirds of children that reported at least one traumatic event by the age of 16. That means that if statistics were spot on, 20 of you would have experienced psychological, physical, or sexual abuse, along with community or school violence, domestic violence, national disasters, terrorism, sexual exploitation, the sudden or violent loss of a loved one, refugee or war experience, deployment, parental loss or injury in the military, neglect, and serious accidents or life-threatening illnesses. Now, some may be sitting here listening in on this podcast wondering, do I have childhood trauma? Well, my research here, with my research here, I'd like to help you understand what that might entail, but really the only way you would know is by seeking the advice of a licensed professional. It's especially important to talk about this because the vast majority of those with childhood trauma are suffering as a result of the actions of others, with no control of their own. Like school shootings, for example, Columbine, those children were just there in school and they were their many lives were innocently taken and those survivors have to deal with the lifetime shame, guilt, and even, you know, seeing each other, seeing their classmates who they grew up with um, get shot and bleed out on the floor. And it's just so sad. Um, And infamously, it was actually pretty recently, the USA Gymnastics sex abuse scandal. Um, Those girls were inappropriately touched by no fault of their own and now have to deal with a lifetime of shame brought on by Larry Nassar, the former um, USA Gymnastics um, trainer. Each year, the number of youth requiring hospital treatment for physical assault-related injuries would fill every seat in nine stadiums. I'm sure many of you were in the DCU for graduation last week like I was, and that was packed. Just think of that chock full nine times. One word used heavily in context to the subject is subjective age. It's basically the age that one feels regardless of chronological age when a child takes on many adult-like responsibilities. This may occur in the form of needing to protect themselves and others such as siblings from abuse in toxic home environments. This is seen in Olivia Rodrigo's song when she says that she, um, she raised her siblings. Now, adverse childhood events, or ACEs, have a tremendous impact on future violence, victimization, and perpetration, and and lifelong health and opportunities. ACEs can include any number or severity of events previously listed, but it's said that the more adverse events you have, the more negatively affected your health is likely to be. ACEs work 
by signaling dangerous levels of stress, often referred to as toxic stress, that can actually derail healthy brain development, leading to a higher frequency of high-risk behaviors. It's, now, it's important to acknowledge that ACEs aren't limited to poor neighborhoods, as it's sometimes thought. Um, children of all socioeconomic classes suffer adverse events, but it's seen that um, many different classes suffer generally um, different classes of events. From a very ripe age, children begin to develop a sense of cause and effect from their actions and the responses of caregivers such as a parent or a nanny or generally somebody who just takes care of them that could be a grandparent. Um, they naturally develop attachments to those caregivers through both positive and negative experiences such as being fed or being changed. Those babies um, they generally, um, they see the caregiver and they associate it with um, having a clean diaper or being full. So there's also a theory that one's ability to function and behave as an adult is shaped by a child's early experiences with their caregivers. Um, an effect of the level of quality of the connection to their caregiver it essentially serves as a model of what their later life um, relationships are going to look like. And on a scientific level, caregivers actually help to metabolize the stress and display stress hormones with loving and nurturing bonding hormones that will set them up for better relationships later in life. And if a child is abused emotionally, physically, or sexually by someone close to them, often a caregiver because um, they can get close to them and develop their trust and be able to be there um, even when a parent is present. And uh, as a result, the children may no longer um, trust caregivers to keep them safe or even care about them at all and even develop severe attachment disorders. And there's many ways that psychological professionals can actually categorize these attachment disorders. Um, the patients may be ultra-independent and reject close relationships and out of fear of being rejected. Um, and others may seek out those relationships but neglect to open up to their partners out of distrust. On the opposite side of the spectrum, adults may become overly clingy and may excessively crave validation because their caretaker never did so. Um, in middle school years, self-esteem is huge. It's one that's mostly developed. And that can be hit really hard by things such as bullying. And also in middle school years, um, work ethic and enthusiasm for learning is it's developed. And when someone is preoccupied by, um, you know, the effects of abuse, having to take care of someone at home, um, having to work to help pay the bills, they're not going to focus um on on schoolwork and it's just gonna set it's gonna set them down the wrong path in life because they're not gonna develop those routines and those habits also in um later middle school slash high school um those children start to develop children adolescents start to develop they start to see images of violence sex etc on social media and a lot of which feature unattainable standards of beauty. Um, and also during that time um, begins the onset of 
school violence and a lot of eating and mood disorders as a result of viewership of those unattainable standards of beauty. Um, also, one of the expectations of emerging adulthood or adolescence is the exploration of sexual self before settling into adult roles, um, such as marriage. Trauma deprives children of life stages involving critical decisions affecting life trajectories of education, work, and family. Um, this, of course, violates age norms for childhood and adolescence that accelerates subjective aging. And when a child takes on a resp responsibility that is understood as more typical of those older ages, it's seen that they're more likely to see themselves as older than their peers. Um, the Western view of childhood is sort of sentimental in the sense that children are viewed as like priceless and innocent and in need of protection. And those who experience physical or sexual abuse are stripped of that ideal, happy, and carefree childhood. And they're constantly on eggshells um, because they just distrust everyone around them. And they often feel unfulfilled with their childhood. Um, and cultural constructions of childhood thus entail expectations of innocence and, free, and freedom of adult responsibilities, roles, and burdens. But... Um, childhood um, abuse and neglect and such, um, those children have to take on adult roles and they are deprived of that fun, loving childhood. Now, as far as psychological um, symptoms of trauma go, um, lifetime panic disorder, agoraphobia, depression, substance abuse disorders, and post-traumatic stress disorders are very prevalent. Um, trauma experts have proposed that early ACEs more be may be more detrimental than those occurring later in life because children are less capable of actually organizing their responses to those traumatic experiences coherently because they don't have that experience of being an adult and going through just life in itself. Um, it also just doesn't affect just your brain. Um, though those who have experienced childhood trauma can also um, suffer the effects of heart disease, chronic back pain, obesity, um, premature death, and up to 19 years um, in advance, which is crazy. Um, short term, those who actively face ACEs experience learning problems and lower grades and like suspensions and just getting in trouble with. Um, authoritative figures. Um, it's said that childhood trauma kind of creates this fractured foundation for the individual for the rest of their lives. Um, but not all of it is diagnosable disorders. People also practice poor self-care, self-harm, workaholism, people-pleasing, self-esteem issues, which all lead to chronic stress further worsening those mental and physical states. Um, it could be the result of having to work as a young kid, help pay bills, take care of siblings, um, and do school at the same time. And I think Olivia Rodrigo's words kind of helped to um, kind of elaborate on that. And that chronic stress can lead to kids who are worried and anxious and 
angry and aggressive and kind of on their toes all the time, um, which is exactly what we want um, in a kid that's supposed to be care have a carefree childhood. Um, and they also might be more prone to depression and also score lower on tests of intelligence and memory um, because they might have been they might have forced their brain actually to forget those traumatic events to, to kind of help heal. Prevention is very important to talk about um, because all of this childhood trauma leads to increased use of health and mental health services and additionally increased involvement with um, CPS, like child care or child welfare and juvenile justice systems. And more than 60% of adults have ex- reported having ACEs as children and 25% have experienced three or more. Um, especially stressful ACEs have been associated with eight of the 10 leading causes of death, shortening a person's lifespan as much as 19 years. And the estimated U.S. population the economic burden of this maltreatment, this um, this trauma, um, came out to be a whopping total $428 billion, which includes um, things such as healthcare costs and um, public spending for CPS and childhood education, um, and also that increased criminal justice spending, and also therapy for survivors. And that money is coming directly out of U.S. citizens' pockets and could be utilized for prevention services, such as encouraging and supporting positive parenting and providing quality care and education early in life, as well as enhancing parents' skills to promote um, healthy child development. Um, It's reported that actually the estimated lifetime cost for survivors of childhood trauma was $830,928 per case. That's almost $900,000. And for fatal cases, this was $18.6 million per case. That's including legal fees, medical fees, etc. And those staggering numbers kind of emphasize how important federal, state, and even public or local prevention is. Now, as far as treatment goes, um, you, you know, right now you may be dredging up past memories, wondering if you're suffering from childhood trauma. Um, you may be, but your childhood doesn't define you. Um, truly, I think the most important part is, um, you know, there's people out there that want to help you cope with um, your rocky past and help heal your mind, body, and soul for the better. There are accessible therapies out there that have been proven to work, but keep in mind that everyone's different. The point is that there's hope. Now, one that's actually very common, um, cognitive behavioral therapy, actually a specific kind, trauma-focused. It's kind of a specialized type of CBT that focuses on changing those negative emotions and thoughts and behaviors and talking them out and becoming aware of them. That's almost the most important part. And there's actually a very interesting state-of-the-art therapy um, called eye movement desensitization and reprocessing called EMDR. That involves the patient, um, they recall that past trauma while moving their eyes in certain patterns, like back and forth. Its goal is to decrease the repercussions of PTSD or post-traumatic distress disorder. Post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, also, NET, 
that's the abbreviation, narrative exposure therapies aim to reduce trauma in those with severe or multiple forms of it. And so basically, a, a therapist like lays out a patient's life in a timeline and talks through each of the individual events with the patient to kind of um, raise awareness with them. But overall, kind of the general goal of all of these types of therapy is to treat the trauma and expose the patient to those past traumatic events through calling them to help them better understand what they've gone through. This, all this information presented um, can kind of emphasize how important prevention is so we can prevent these sad cases um, and make sure that no child ever has to go through this. And we can also, with that, save our country billions and billions of dollars um, and just help so many people's mental and physical well-beings create a happier nation as a whole.